What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to the Bullpen. I'm David Payne with Brad Zampar and Jimmy Miller. Let's play ball. We have, I, I believe, two episodes left of the regular season after this. Um, listen, I'm, I'm checked out on the O's, kind of, I'll be honest. After this Blue Jays series, it's kind of over for us. Um, I, I still think that there's potential to, to finish over 500, though. Um, so I'll, I'll keep watching for that. But the playoff hopes are, are pretty much dashed at this point. So we're turning to Miami Dolphins football. We got Baltimore Ravens today. Um, Brad, I know you guys have the Browns today. Jimmy still hates football, so that's weird. But it's a Browns fan. Are you a Browns fan? Are you if yeah. when you do watch football, you choose to watch the Browns. Yeah, I mean, I've been a Browns fan since I was like ten. One of my friends is a good Browns fan. Okay, so you got a a, a little rivalry here today in the in the <laughs> chat. Nice. But all right, who well who we got then? Because this game's a toss up. I'm assuming Brad's going to say Jets. Jim's going to say Browns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Last week. We'll, we'll have to come back and revisit this on next episode. Um, but the Dolphins are going to smoke the Ravens in Baltimore for the first time since Tua's birth. So that's going to be cool. Now, going back to baseball now, uh, big news is that the uh, minor leagues is now officially a part of the MLBPA, the Players Association. So the, the minors are unionized. So they'll now have a seat at the table to negotiate things like salary, housing, et cetera, uh, which is a, a huge step forward for, you know, we've seen uh, some developments in the past year with teams giving their players all, you know, inclusive housing. The whole deal with consolidating the minors was to try to increase pay and make conditions better. Um, and those improvements felt like uh, kind of putting a Band-Aid on a, you know, a bullet hole per se. Um, but I think that this is a, a really meaningful step forward to actually allow them a seat at the negotiating table. Um, so I, I think that that's a, a really good thing happening there. And I, I hope that it will allow for, you know, minor leaguers to have baseball be their primary job, right? Because you got guys who are working at, you know, Home Depot and this and that in the off season or who are, you know, U Uber drivers, this and that, and maybe the, you know, do an Uber to, you know, everybody does Uber to pick up some, some extra cheese dog money to throw around. But, you know, you guys shouldn't have to, you know, when you're asking them to make this commitment from February to September, they shouldn't have to be going and working other jobs as well when that's their, their full-time thing. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this. And I'm sure you guys are too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited. I mean, obviously you have the, like the, like the first round guys that start off, you know, with their bonus, but then you have the guys that are later in the rounds that don't really make anything um, to start off with. So yeah, I, I think it's huge for those guys, you know, like the, like, like I was saying, you know, those, those marquee guys that go in the first round, you know, they'll be fine, but the, the, the lower you go, the, the more the guys have to work and the less money they make. So I think to have that seat there is important for minor league baseball. Yeah. There's definitely no, nothing bad about this, like whatsoever. Uh, it's really just all positives all around. It's, been a long time coming because they've been saying for a while that they're going to get a seat they're going to get a seat and then it finally came to a point where they had to unionize where I feel like it's probably the best of both worlds because you have the higher marquee guys who get signed in the first second rounds you have the uh, international guys who come in and they get the huge money signing bonuses too and then there's 80 percent of the whole minor leagues who are all getting paid below minimum wage 
and it's it's really going to be good for that 80% because that's really what makes up all of minor league baseball. So definitely looking forward to seeing what positives come about from it. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the the draft bonuses too, and it really is a steep drop off after like the third round. There, it's a a real hard drop off from like big money. You can kind of sit on that for a while, you know, while you make it to the bigs, and like you know, a school teacher wouldn't get paid. So, it it's definitely good that these guys are going to be I, I, at the least got to be getting a a living wage. I mean, the minimum wage at the very least, which isn't even a living wage. Um, but you know, it's a, a serious commitment for even in your off season when you're not at, you know, team events and team practices and, and team this and that, you're still working on baseball. Baseball is still what you're working on to make it to the bigs. So it really is a year round commitment and gonna be good to see these guys get hopefully fairly compensated sometime soon. Now looking to the major league level, uh, we had a really cool thing happen this last week that I don't think that we're ever gonna see again. And Brad can go into a little more detail on that. Um, but Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina setting the record for uh, most well, appearances as battery mates. Is that the right way that, that I should be saying that? that you know, yeah, like pitcher and catcher appearing in a, in a game together. Uh, do, do we have the exact number? I, I didn't write it down. I think it was 345. I think it was. It's, it's insane. The, the it's amount over of the okay. amount of time that these guys have been together, you know, the sure Yachty runs out there, you know, five, six days a week, but Wayno's out there once a week. And the fact that these guys have been together since early twenties, you know, allows for this to happen. And when we look at potential batteries now um, that could even come close to that. I mean, one that comes to mind, obviously for Brad and I is, is Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman when Grayson gets that call next year possibly later this year, although at, at this rate, maybe maybe not this year. Um, but Brad, why don't you tell us what it would take for those two to, I mean, to even tie this record? Yeah, so the number was 325, wasn't 345. That's how many starts they had together between Wino and Molina. But assuming that Grayson started opening day next year, him and Adley would have to pair for the next five for the for every fifth day for the next uh, sixteen years. It would, they would have to do every start every fifth day until the end of the twenty thirty seven season. That's how wild that stat is between Wayno and Molina. And I I can't think of another combo of you know pitcher young pitcher and catcher like that that could possibly do it. So. I mean, we, we've got to hold out for some kind of like Kyle Ripken Jr. type, you know, health and longevity from those guys there. So let's let's get the the whatever you would call the the 2131 version for a pitcher and catcher where they don't miss a start for 16 years. Let's get that going starting opening day next year. Um, But but Jim, as a as a pitcher yourself in your time, it's going to be pretty special to see, you know, you form a bond with your catcher, really. You know, you and your catcher, when you're on together, that's really important. So to have that one catcher there for 325, was that it? 345 around there. Yeah, to have your catcher with you for that many starts is really special. So I'd love to hear what you think about this. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's big. As a, as a Mets fan, you know, my, my first moments of remembering that was the 06 NLCS where the, uh, Wayne Wright came out of the bullpen with Yachty catching and struck out Beltron. Um, the, the Mets were big favorites in that series. But, yeah, I – I think that it's huge that, you know, you form a bond like that and both, both guys have had their ups and downs. Um, you know, you think about Wayne right in the middle of his career with the injuries 
Yachty in the middle of his career kind of got off to a little slow start but picked it up. But I, I think maybe if if the Dodgers sign like Julio Urias and Will Smith long term, they're both pretty young. Maybe they can make a run at like 250. I'd say that would be like the, the, the next closest possibility of guys that are in the major leagues. But I mean, yeah, that's something really special they have. And it could be the last year we're seeing this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm calling it an unbreakable record. I think that it's really special. Like, you know, we, we sometimes will see a record set, um, like maybe the batting average, maybe someone hits 367 one year and the, the batting average record gets broken. Um, but like nobody's touching Ricky Henderson's stolen bases. Nobody's touching the hit streak record. Nobody's touching the consecutive games played. Let's be honest. Nobody's touching the home runs probably these days. I don't know if I've, anybody's having the, the longevity to get to 763, you know, with the career Pujols has had, you know, he's pushing for, for possibly, uh, he's not going to get to fourth place, even if he comes back next year. So, you know, or not going to get to third place. So, you know, even with the career he had, one of the greatest of all time, pushing for about fourth hits, not going to get touched saves, not going to get touched uh, strikeouts, not going to get touched. So it, it's special to add another to the not going to touch, get touched records. Um, and I don't think there are many records that anybody has a shot at really. And uh, I, I can't think of many besides the batting average one. I think the shift will help guys like, you know, we've seen guys hit in the three thirties. So maybe the shift get, uh, going away helps with that. Um, but one record that very possibly is going to be touched is the single season AL home runs record. Uh, Aaron judge quick update. Well, where are we at now? 59. Is that it? I just want to check on that. I think it's 58. It might be 59. 58. 58 still. I mean, he's going to, by the time this comes out, because it always happens where we talk about Aaron judge, and he hits a home run by the time this drops tomorrow, it's going to be 59. Uh, but I, he's closing in on it. I don't see a way that by the first week of October, he doesn't have it. It's it's going to be his record, and it's going to be as a, as a result of that, it's going to be his MVP, I think. Um, but he's closing in on that, and then we've got uh, Pujols, which is uh, at six ninety eight, right, two away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. two away from seven hundred there, and I I'm gonna go with it's ha- it's happening before the date I said. I said it's going to be the last game of the season, which would be that first week of October. I think it's going to be before that. Now I'm I'm not going to try and nail down another date. I'm just going to take the the under on my prediction, but I'll, I'll go around to each of you. I'll, I'll stick with my day. I think I said October 2nd is probably going to happen before then, but might, might as well just stick with it. You never know. Yeah, I'm sticking with uh, my game on Friday. This coming Friday would be in LA, and it would be really fitting for that game to be on Apple TV, which it is for not a lot of baseball fans to be able to see it. I think that you're spot on. I think that, and it really, it looks like it, that's a real possibility. It's it's right there. You, what, five days until then? Two and five days seems to be right around the pace that he's at. And God, if it was that blacked out Apple TV game, how awful would that be? But you got people in Missouri not able to watch it. That would be horrible. I, I, and you know what? I hope, I hope it is. Cause I'll be, I'll be, I'll be streaming it and it will, should be like a, maybe that's a wake up call. Like, Hey, we can't be, can't be making all these games super exclusive. I mean, the NFL has the Amazon prime Thursday night football, but I mean, 
let's be honest, having Amazon Prime is like putting gas in your car and having running water. Like everyone has it. Everyone, it's 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 a need for the most part. So uh, that's so integrated. But that uh, not everyone has Apple TV, even though we all have iPhones. I mean, I if you, we don't have an iPhone, we can't be friends. But it, not everyone has Apple TV. Although I'd I'd like to check out that Ted Lasso show. I've heard a lot about that. Um, but Jimmy, you mentioned another milestone coming up. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, Scherzer's coming back from the IL. He spent about, I think, 10 days or so on the IL. Uh, he's coming back tomorrow, first game in Milwaukee. Uh, he's at 199, so he's one away from 200. Obviously, that Brewers lineup is pretty good, and it's an away game, so I'm not sure if he gets it, but it's definitely something to look out for. Yeah, and, you know, guys aren't winning 300 games anymore like they used to, so that 200 mark is pretty special these days, and I mean – this guy's a clear first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, a legend of the game, one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen. So that'll be really cool to see him get that 200th, whether it's, you know, this game in Milwaukee or the start after. But it's going to happen before the end of the season, for sure, I'd say. Especially, you know, the, the Mets have been looking pretty strong again recently, too. So, yeah, I think that we'll be seeing that soon. I think we'll be seeing Judge uh, break that record. I think we'll be seeing Pujols get to 700. Uh, really exciting stuff going down in the last week of the season. But I mean, pretty much exactly how we called it back at the All-Star break. You know, we said that a lot of this stuff was going to come right down to the wire, including, you know, MVP race, um, rookie of the year race, maybe is a, a little bit more opened up now with the O's out of the playoff hunt. Um, but, but a lot of stuff coming right down to the wire. And that's what you like in a baseball season. You don't want to see everything be, you know, kind of settled by mid-September. So this is this is a really special season. This is really what we needed after a lockout season, after a COVID season. This is this is what we needed to uh, you know really make baseball exciting again. So really looking forward to that. Now, Jimmy, you want to take it with our Major League Players of the Week? Yeah, so <clears throat> AL Player of the Week, we have Jordan Alvarez of the Astros. Arguably the best week of the season for us, for the Players of the Week. 12 hits, 6 home runs, 7 RBI, which is kind of low for the home run total. Uh, 546 average, 1455 slug, and a 2084 OPS. NL Player of the Week, Willie Adamas of the Brewers. Eight hits, three home runs, 11 RBI, 444 average, 1056 slug, and 1639 OPS. AL Pitcher of the Week, we have Brady Singer of the Royals. He went 2-0, 13 innings, no runs, 11 strikeouts, did allow nine hits, which is kind of high, but he only walked two. NL Pitcher of the Week, we have Hugh Darvish of the Padres. The Padres haven't been very good, but Darvish has looked like vintage Darvish this year. Uh, eight inning, no run, seven strikeout, two hit, no walk performance in the 2 nothing win over the Mariners on Tuesday. And then we have the AL Rookie of the Week, uh, Joe Ryan of the Twins. It's been a little while since he's got that honor. Um, seven inning, no run, nine strikeout, no hit, two walk performance in the 6-3 win against the Royals. And the NL Rookie of the Week, in his debut, a really cool name, a first-rounder of the Ball State, in Dre Jameson of the Diamondbacks. He had a seven-inning, no-run, five-strikeout, two-hit, and one-walk performance in his MLB debut on Tuesday and got the win in a 4 nothing victory against the Padres. That's like the pitcher equivalent of hitting a home run in your first at-bat or something. That's fantastic. 
And uh, that Jordan Alvarez week is amazing. And what, all of those home runs, but one were solos, or they they were all solos, and then he had another RBI. That's the that's, yeah, that's crazy. Not, did not add up there. And also, I just want to say I've never seen Joe Ryan and Billy from Stranger Things in the same room. Um, so I'm convinced that they are the same person. Now go down to the minor leagues uh, for the minor league players of the week. Triple A, Devin Mann. He's an in, he's a middle infielder for the Oklahoma City Dodgers. He's 25 years old, was a 2018 fifth rounder out of the University of Louisville. Not inside their top 30, but I think he has a pretty strong chance of becoming a, a useful middle infield utility guy for them in the future. Uh, this past week, he was 8 for 14, tripled once, homered three times, drove an 8, had a 1357 slug, and a 2004 OPS. Double A was Bryce Miller, starting pitcher for the Arkansas Travelers. 24 years old, is a fourth rounder in the 2021 draft um, out of Texas A&M. He's fifth in the Mariners system right now, and he was uh, converted from a reliever to a starting pitcher when he got to Pro Bowl, and he's kind of blown through the lower levels with flying colors. He's up to 130 innings this year. He's got a 316 ERA and a 104 whip. Uh, he pitched against Corpus Christi this past week. He went seven innings, gave up two hits, gave up two solo homers, walked one and struck out 14, and he got the win. Uh, high A and low A, the the playoffs are happening now, so this will be the last two weeks this week and the next week, the last uh, two weeks for high A, low A players of the week. But these are really players of the series right now because this was the semifinals, so this is where we went with. Johan Lopez, he's a middle infielder for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, 22 years old, signed for 150000 out of Venezuela in 2017 as a 16-year-old. Not inside the race, top 30, but during the semifinal this week against the Rome Braves, he went 7 for 12, doubled once, tripled once, homered twice, drove in six, had a 13-33 slug and a 19-49 OPS to lead them to the championship series who will be playing the Baltimore Royal affiliate, the Aberdeen Ironbirds. Uh, low A was Joel Diaz, starting pitcher for the St. Lucie Mets. 18, year, 18 years old, he was signed as a 17-year-old out of the Dominican Republic in 2021. 14th in the Mets system right now. It's his first year of uh, Pro Bowl after... Almost made it all the way through. Oh man, so he's under water. Go of it during the year. He was disgusting in DSL last year. He it was um hello. You just like skipped right back. Um, take it away with that last guy again. Joel Diaz. Uh, he's with the St. Lucie Mets. He's an 18-year-old starting pitcher. Signed as a 17-year-old out of the Dominican Republic in 2021. He's 14th in the Mets system. Uh, his first year of pro ball was not very good. Um, he's been struggling a little bit, but, I mean, he's 18 years old. Last year in the DSL, he gave up one extra base hit in 40 innings. It's pretty unbelievable what he was doing down there. So he came up this year. They're down 3 nothing in the fourth inning. They bring him in into this game, too, where they can clinch and advance to the championship. He goes six innings, finishes that game. He gives up three hits, walks one, strikes out 11, doesn't allow a run, sends him to the championship round. 
Well, I'm glad we got that story because that's pretty sick. Yeah, we, we missed it the first time around, but I'm glad we got that. And hey, this week, um, I'm remembering the order that we go in here. Um, although, man, it looks like he's frozen again right when I was about to go back to him for the umpires of the week. I guess the weekend. Right, I'm here. Oh, he's here. Okay. Uh, see, the week that I remember hey. to go to go umpires right after minor league players of the week, you freeze. All right, let's, uh, let's no, do the umpires fair. now before you freeze again. Yes. All right. So our best umpire was Edwin Moscoso. We're gonna we're gonna butcher that, but that's what we do here. Uh, he did the game Friday in Milwaukee. The uh, Brewers won seven to six. His overall factor for the day was two point one eight runs for Milwaukee. Just awful. Can't happen. Accuracy ninety percent. Consistency ninety two. Called ball ninety three, and his called strike was eighty five. Ramon De Jesus, he was usually it's player uh, usually it's starting pitchers flirting with perfect games, but on Tuesday it was Ramon De Jesus flirting with a perfect game. He did the game uh, in Toronto with the Rays in town. Rays won that game four to two. His overall factor was point two one runs for Toronto. Accuracy ninety nine, consistency ninety seven. Called ball nine, called ball hundred, called strike ninety seven. He missed one call all day, and it came in the top of the ninth inning. Wow. Almost there. Almost a perfect game. That's a very uh, Hugh Darvish-esque umpiring game where you get right to the end perfect and then lose it at the end. But that's that's really impressive. And honestly, I'm, I'm a bit surprised with how influential the worst umpire was, given that his accuracies weren't all that bad. I and mean, when you look at the averages of – you know, 88, and I guess he was a, a bit off the 97 for called strike, but it didn't seem like he was off two-point-something runs, so must have had a, a big, impactful call that he missed there. Yeah. Um, but uh, awesome. Now we're going to Owen with the top five plays of the week. back for the trading floor i'm actually going to show something this week we were talking about football the past two weeks i mentioned i'm kind of checked out on the o's so we're going to break out this tua tagovailoa rookie card we got the jersey patch in there that glare brad i understand what you're saying that glare is brutal when you're trying to show the cards but yeah we got the the tua rookie ticket with the jersey there that's my show for this week i'm going and i to- heard that you cut that right off of the jersey that you're wearing i did yeah it's actually Right off the sleeve on here, I I just made it myself. Yeah, no, that's not authenticated. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that this week, um, from the Diamondbacks, I've, I've talked about Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson is another guy there. They have two starting pitchers, 
They both made their debut in the past two weeks. Um, three starts to combine between them, no runs allowed in all three starts. So I definitely look on eBay, Ryan Nelson or Dre Jameson, you know, uh, patch cards or autographs. You know, they're going for really cheap right now. You could probably get both of them for under $25. Um, but I, as, as you know, with Corbin Carroll and some of those guys coming up, the future is looking pretty bright in the Diamondbacks. And I think those two guys, uh, Jameson and Nelson, are going to be right in the middle of things. Yeah, one thing I want to talk about are uh, tops and now cards. It's what uh, usually after a game, uh, somebody some highlight game, tops will put out cards that'll be like a, it's a it'll be like a commemorative of that game. So you get a picture of the that event happening on the card, and then it's like they every certain number of cards uh, they insert like number parallels of the cards. Like you could like I have usually I'm usually just getting Orioles ones, but. This is from Adley, or let me pull up the, where is this? Let me pull up one where I have the, yeah, okay. This is this is Adley's first home run at Camden Yards. I bought five of them. Uh, this one's numbered out of 49. Same thing I did with the his game-tying RBI double, which forced extras, and they led to a win. Same thing, out of 49. Uh, this was, I just bought one, didn't get a number, but it was Austin Hayes' cycle card. Uh, it's Gunner one that just came up. Uh, he had the two doubles in his home debut out of 49. Uh, the Trey card where Trey hit the inside the park home run. It was, I just wanted one card just to commemorate it. And they ended up sending me a one out of five, which is kind of cool. But yeah, Tops Now is something, if you want to have a connection to a game that you're watching, it's something to go look at because you buy the one card and it's $10. And it's kind of like a piece of you actually watching that game. Yeah, that's really cool. I And I think that, if, you know, we did that for like the Delman double or something. That would have been super cool, too. So looking forward to, you know, when some really exciting things happen in Birdland and, and maybe I'll snag some up myself. I, I like learning about all these different things from you guys, though. Jim, you were speaking about the Diamondbacks. Hey, grab something. I got this. I won a, a Twitter giveaway and it was from the, the Kane County Cougars from the guys at Baseball Mapper. Um, and the Kane County Cougars used to be a minor league affiliate for the, the Diamondbacks, and they got cut in the, the consolidation of the minor leagues. Um, but I got this pack of, of cards here, and just like on the top, you've got like Alec Thomas there, who's in the, the bigs for them now, and a, a, a bunch of other prospects in there. Pretty pretty cool, though. They're not like licensed or anything. They're just like team cards that like the teams would sell in the team store, but kind of cool to see like these guys on like single A and, and such when – wasn't expecting that. Uh, now we're going to go to the power and sour rankings. Uh, we're going to kick it off on the sour end. Uh, at number five, we've got the Kansas City Royals. Number four, the Oakland A's. Number three is the Washington Nationals. Number two is the Minnesota Twins. And number one is the San Diego Padres. Things have not gone their way since that trade. They fall into third in the division not looking great heading into the playoffs. So they're going to be a playoff team, but it's not looking great for them heading into it. Now we're going to go to the power rankings. Uh, we got one switch up here, um, which is that they're just going back to what they were two weeks ago. We had last week, we had the Braves jump the Mets. Um, this week, we're going to have Cardinals at five, Braves back to four, the Mets to three, the Astros at two, 
Uh, and I'm going to go back to a pretty large gap there um, as the Dodgers are the quickest team to 100 wins in 21 years. We all know 21 years ago was that Seattle Mariners record-breaking team in 01. Um, so the fastest team to 100 wins since then gets them a pretty large gap before the number one Dodgers. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Check us out on social media at CTBP Pod. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And we'll see you all back here next week with another episode. Thank you.